Thank you, Tim, for asking me to speak. Um, and congrats to all the chip takers that I gave chips and or hugs to. Um, yeah, I was a real weirdo uh, when I was a kid. I was not, I did not feel normal. I did not, uh, I was not normal. Um, I grew up in this small town outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, um, Baptist family. Uh, and my parents got divorced when I was eight, uh, which where I grew up wasn't super common. It was a very like religious little town. Um, and I had a speech impediment. So I thought when I talked, like no one would take me seriously, you know? So like, I learned that if the way I could get attention was just to like make jokes and be funny. Cause it was double funny. Cause I sounded weird when I said it. Uh, and um, yeah, after my parents got divorced, like both my parents suffered from mental health issues. Uh, so like at my mom's house, there would be, um, like she just wouldn't get out of bed. She also had some physical health stuff going on. Um, and I would never go to school. You know, I couldn't have friends over, you know, they'd be like dog piss and shit all over the house and stuff. And um, I was like having panic attacks constantly um, from like age eight on. I would get like the truancy letters from age eight on. Um, and uh, my parents got divorced because my dad's gay, which also where I come from was like a not like the cool thing, you know? Uh, and so I had all this stuff that like separated me from people and I just always felt disconnected from everybody. Uh, I didn't understand how other people would like talk to other people and they seemed like they just kind of knew what they were doing. I didn't have that connection. Um, I was just like felt weird. I felt like everyone saw me as weird. Other people told me I was weird. So that kind of was confirmation a little bit. And um, yeah, I was just disconnected and it was painful and I hated it. And I wanted everyone to love me, but also leave me alone. And I hated them. Um, and I thought they hated me, but they didn't really hate me. And I knew they didn't really hate me, but I, you know, why don't they love me? You know, that kind of deal. So uh when I was 13, I uh, drank for the first time and um, I took pills for the first time and everything I just said didn't really matter anymore. Uh, it just all kind of like floated away, right? Uh, instantly I felt connected to people for like the first time in my life. Um, it was like a real spiritual awakening for me. Um, I could talk to anybody. I could stand up straight, look people in the eye. I was attractive to women. Uh, I think the first thing I did when I drank I think I just hit up like every girl on my phone and like ran around outside and I was like, hey, what's up? What are you doing right now? You know, uh, I just had like, I just felt like I had like unlimited confidence, right? And I was like, I just felt all right. And I could, uh, like, I, I felt like I like knew like who I was and I knew that I could do whatever I, you know, I, I don't know. It was just like this, this sense of like, I was in the world for the first time. Um, and I loved it. And so I just kept doing it. I was really good at doctor shopping. Um, my dad's a psychologist, so I knew exactly what to say to get all the psychiatric narcotics and everything. And I just have like this unlimited supply and I was drinking all the time. Um, and it was awesome and I loved it. And I, around the same time, I uh, heard the strokes for the first time and I decided I was going to be one of the strokes. So I ripped holes in my jeans and grew up my hair and learned how to play guitar and, uh, I started playing in bands. And so then I was going to parties with like the upperclassmen. I was getting invited everywhere. Um, I was getting like asked to prom by seniors when I was a freshman and I was cool. Um, and it was just fucking awesome. And uh, it was like a really good year. Um, and uh, 
things started kind of going downhill quick for me. Um, and I was just kind of like fast forward a little bit. Um, by the time that uh, I'd quit drinking, I got sober when I was 18. Um, I had overdosed several times. I'd been to several hospitals. I'd been to five rehabs. I'd been fired from several jobs. Um, I was kicked out of school twice and then I was kicked out of alternative school, which was cool. Um, and yeah, I just, I couldn't stop having panic attacks. Uh, I had a terrible relationship with my family. I had like no friends left, you know, my childhood friends would just call me and tell me like how much of a piece of shit I was. And I didn't have like an argument against it, which sucked, you know, like it was just like an accurate description. Uh, and yeah, it, it was, it was miserable. I went through three psych wars my last five months. I had, uh, I had puked blood and, um, uh, yeah, and it all culminated in this, this feeling of just like, um, you know, I can't live with it. I can't live without it, that sort of thing. And, um, it was the only solution I had and it wasn't working anymore. And, um, so it all culminated in a suicide attempt that put me in the ICU for three days. Um, and I remember being in the psych ward after that and um, the, the doctor telling me like I need to pretty much just leave Ohio and go to rehab and then never come back. Uh, that was his clinical recommendation. Uh, and I just kind of told him to go fuck himself, you know, like I know what I'm doing. I've been to rehab five times, you know, um, I, uh, I, you know. I identify, I know I'm an alcoholic, I've been to meetings, you know, I can stay sober, uh, I know I can do that, you know, and I genuinely meant it, you know, like that was the plan, I knew that's what I needed to do, but the day I got out of the psych ward, I got loaded, uh, just some guy hit me up, I went out with him, and I had no defense, you know, and my girlfriend broke up with me that night, and I went on this like two-week rampage, uh, and yeah, I ended up just like in the woods, sitting on a log and I was like drunk from vanilla extract, which was my drink of choice at the time. Uh, and I was like, I slept for a few days on some weird speedy chemicals and I had a headache from huffing too much gasoline. And I'm like hiding from the shadow people, you know, and like chain smoke and Newport Reds. And uh, I was listening to the song and there's this line that um, it was like, if change is what you need, look around you, you're surrounded, it won't get any better. And um, I started crying and I this that thought kind of hit me that I just tried to kill myself two weeks ago and everything is worse now. Um, and I called a buddy of mine that I went to high school with that got sober about three years or well, six months before me. Um, and he helped me come out to California and find treatment. And my first day in California was my first day in detox. And that was June 5th, 2017. That's my sobriety date. Um, and for my first uh, 15 months of sobriety. I was in, you know, did the residential treatment thing for six months and then sober living. And I would go to meetings with people, you know, it was like part of the plan. I didn't want to get like kicked out of stuff, you know, and, um, you know, and I had, I had like sober friends from these treatment centers, but one by one, they would, they would move away or they would relapse. Um, they would go to school or die or whatever you know um and I was just like I had no friends and I had no solution right because I wasn't plugged into Alcoholics Anonymous so I was just going to meetings and I wasn't working the program and our literature is pretty clear on that you know the same man will drink again and that's I was the same person you know I hadn't grown at all I was still like just angry bitter um I was just like I was just a sober piece of shit pretty much 
Um, and um, so I decided that I, I would get loaded. Um, so I hit up this guy I met on uh, Craigslist named Elvis. Um, and I was going to get a, uh, an eight ball of meth and a gram of heroin. I never did heroin before, uh, but I got good reviews in rehab. So I thought I'd uh, try that one out. Um, and the guy told me he was in room 12. You know, I'm like texting him all night. You know, I have like the bag packed, money ready to go. I'm ready to roll. And um, he doesn't tell me which hotel, you know. And this is in Costa Mesa. So there's like a ton of them there. You know, I have no idea. You know, I'm not from here. I don't, it doesn't matter. So he, uh, he never got back to me in a timely manner because time is a brutal to drug dealers. And uh, I missed my shift of work at Starbucks as I was waiting on this floor. And um, it just so happened my shift supervisor that day, her boyfriend had three years sober and she sent him to come pick me up from where I was living. Um, he took me to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, and that's the only reason why I'm still sober today. Um, and that is the point in which I got a sponsor um, for the first time, a first, my first serious sponsor, that wasn't just a recommendation from my case manager. Um, it was just pure desperation, you know, and that's, that's a moment of true, like incomprehensible demoralization for me, you know, like there was that one where I'm sitting on the log and I, you know, and I'm using, and, um, that was just, that was a low bottom. Right. And, but this is like, I have 15 months sober. I thought when you got a year, like you were cured, you know, um, but I, I was the same person and I had no solution, right? And I had no, no, I didn't know what else to do outside of work the steps. Uh, and, you know, since diving into this program, like I've, I've realized like this is a spiritual based program. It's not a time-based program, you know? Um, and we stand shoulder to shoulder here and how I, what I had to do was just do what the people in Alcoholics Anonymous were doing and that was, work the 12 steps, get a sponsor, be of service, you know, and I learned how to be a loving person rather than live a life of hatred. And um, I learned just, you know, what to do. I had solutions for when I was angry. I had solutions for um, when I was, when I wronged other people, I had solutions for when I was wronged, you know, life doesn't always treat me great in sobriety, but like, I know how to deal with it now and I know how to get through it while still being a happy person. And so thanks to the spiritual awakening I've experienced, they're working these 12 steps. Um, and yeah, I mean, today I love you all. Today I love myself and I live a very fulfilling <laughs> life and it's all thanks to this program. So thank you. Yeah.